in honor of our guest today from the Great Lakes Brewing Company, uh, I got us uh, a Canuck Pale Ale, because if we're having the Catholic Canuck on the show, you have to have the Canuck Pale Ale, right? Welcome to the Pints and Pews podcast. I'm Dennis. And I'm Robert. And we're just a couple of guys talking the Catholic faith over a pint or two of our favorite beer. So why don't you pour yourself a pint and listen in. While we take the faith seriously, but not necessarily ourselves. And as always, if you want to take part in this conversation, leave us a comment or swing by our Facebook page and drop us a message. Dennis, buddy, how you doing? Good, good. Thirsty this week, Robert. It's a nice, beautiful day here in Southern Ontario, as you know. And I'm excited. We have a, another guest on this weekend, this week. I believe a friend of yours from uh, quite a distance away from us here in Southern Ontario, too. Also very thirsty. Like you say, nice, bright, sunny day. Been getting stuff done out and around the yard and, and in the house. Uh, and yeah, we do have another guest with us today. Someone who I have, yes, grown to call a friend a mate from out west in Alberta, David Scubin, who is the host of the Catholic Canuck podcast. So David, welcome to the Pints and Pews podcast. Well, thanks for having me, fellas. It's a, an absolute blessing and honor to be with you and, and having you invite me to be on. And it's always a great podcast, especially if it's Catholic and it's from Canada. And if we're talking about brews at the same time, that's like adding an extra layer of icing on a delicious cake, isn't it? It, it is. It is. It's, 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 it's the nice froth at the top of the glass. Welcome to, to joining us, David. Uh, we are excited to have you. How does it feel to be on the other side of the microphone for a change? You know what? It's, it, I, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a little bit different, but I, I enjoy it because, you know, the podcast that I have, fellas, it's, uh, it's really conversation-based too. So it's uh, very similar to what uh, your format is. So uh, no, I'm just really looking forward to chatting with you guys and uh, just happened to have the record button hit and we'll see uh, what direction we go in, but it's going to be fun. I guarantee that. Yeah, no, and we've been excited and anticipating you joining us as well, David, almost as much as we've been anticipating uh, having a nice cold beer today. So why don't you let us know, what are you drinking? Yeah, and finally, we've kind of had a, a little bit of a break from our, our summer heat wave in Alberta here. So it's been... Uh, uh, well, it's funny, you know, the last month we've had over plus 30 days, and then all of a sudden we've got the smoke coming in from mm. some fires around us as yeah. we record this. But I do, I wanted to to make sure I grabbed a craft brew from Alberta. And I also wanted to let you guys know, I had a few statistics. I got my Catholic like, podcast team, which is me, did some research <laughs> on this. And uh, the one that I've got today, guys, I guess maybe I'll crack it open and then I can... Uh, I'll uh, let you guys know some statistics about Alberta and, and uh, beer consumption and what the market is like here, but it's from Wild Rose Brewery. This is in Calgary. It's one of my favorites. And uh, this one is called uh, Electric Avenue, Alberta Blonde. And uh, yeah, it's a kind of a lighter beer. Usually I'm kind of lately, I've been on the low carb train, at, mostly because my wife wants me to stay healthy. So um, I've been drinking a lot of, of Michelob, which is kind of a big brand name. But the I Mich figured I'm Michelob with you Ultra. Guys. Michelob Ultra, right? Yeah, Low yeah. carb. You know, David, some things are best safe for the confessional, right? That's right, exactly. So, but I just wanted to be honest, as you know, you guys are my brothers in Christ, so I want to just you know, lay it all on the line, right? So, but when I do have a, a beer that, um, well, I, I've said, you know, we're not as young as we used to be either. So, if you're going to drink something, you better drink something that tastes really good. And I do like having 
uh, some good craft brews, whether it's from uh, other provinces or not, but Alberta, we've got a ton of good ones. So that's the one I have today, fellas. Excellent. So I'm just going to ask you to hold on though, as you, you crack that open and give yourself a, a pour. But one of the things we like to do here as well is we have our, our grace before beer, before yes. we take our first sip. So before we do that, Dennis, you want to introduce your beverage of the day? Yeah, just, just a point on the, the ultras and the Canadians. Yeah, they've really come up in a lot of popularity in the last few years. I see a lot of those out. Still haven't gotten into them, David. I just find them not as flavor filled as a lot of the beers that we're drinking here and the one that you have in your hands. But I've also got a craft beer. This was introduced to me by Robert, who sent this down. I think he picked this up in Ottawa, that it sent from Ottawa, Vimy, Vimy Wheat Beer. So this is a wheat beer from a craft brewery in, inside Ottawa, and uh, it's got a little bit of hint of banana and clove, it says. So I'm interesting to, I've never had this before. I'm interesting to crack this open, see what this tastes like. And Robert, what do you have in front of you? And so for in honor of our guest today from the Great Lakes Brewing Company, uh, I got us uh, a Canuck Pale Ale, because if we're having the Catholic Canuck on the show, you have to have the Canuck Pale Ale, right? Maybe as we progress, guys, we need to look for a brewery that'll actually have a, a beer named after our podcast. Wouldn't that be cool? That's I just thought of that. This must be a, this is a Holy Spirit moment, maybe that we can promote the gospel through maybe the way we label our cans or hmm. bottles. I don't know. Yeah, you know, that's a, great. I didn't even know that that one existed, Robert. No. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> well, and it's the same with us, like the, the one that you grabbed out of, out of Alberta. There's not too far east from here. I'd say about a 45 minute drive from where I am. There's a little craft brewery called Church Key Brewery that they actually renovated uh, an old church and they now brew out of the church. So that might be a, a place for us to start to look for uh, you know, naming a, a beer after the Catholic Canuck podcast and the Pines and Peace podcast. That would, that would be really cool. Well, you see so many different, uh, these Catholic shows, they give away all kinds of stuff, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, t-shirts to hats to even uh, bottle holders, you know, but boy, to actually maybe give people actual brews, that would be, that'd be unique. It would be certain hey? enticement. Yes, <laughs> that, that, that would be really, really nice. Could be onto something here. Yeah, here. So I guess you're going to the yeah, prayer so there, Robert. Got, got the, the beer poured. And Dennis, when you, you have yours poured there, sir? No, no, you go ahead. We'll say the prayer and I'll pour it as we, oh. as we speak. Oh, hey, in the name of the Father and Father of the Son and, the Son and, of, the and Holy of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Bless, O Lord, this creature beer, which thou hast deigned to produce from the fat of grain, that it may be a salutary remedy to the human race and grant through the invocation of thy holy name that whoever shall drink it may gain health in body and peace in soul. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Father and of the Son, the and, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. David. So good. Cheers, Cheers guys. Yes, Cheers, thank you very much. Cheers. Oh, that first sip is always the best. That is the best, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah. crack it open and just yeah, toss it oh. back a little, just a couple of gulps. Boy, that's really good. That's nice and refreshing, especially as it's been so hot. Like you said, you've had record-breaking temperatures out in uh, Alberta, haven't you, David, last yeah, few we, weeks? we have, Dennis. It's been uh, pretty insane, like uh, closer to 40 degrees in some places in Alberta. It's uh, uh, We definitely do need to pray for rain for our farmers in the prairies. For a lot sure. of the crops for sure. are getting singed pretty good. Right. Uh, and, and Yeah. And for people who are not familiar with Alberta, I mean, this is a province that probably gets down to about minus 40 or 50 in the winter and the, in the reverse in the Celsius. Does it not? It's, so it's really, it's extremes. really crazy. 
Yeah, and, and minus 30 is a reason that reminds us why myself and Robert don't live in Alberta. We live in Southern Ontario. We just don't get that cold in the winter. We get cold, but we don't get that cold, uh, David. Well, you know, for for the, the our listeners in, in Eastern Canada, we need to have good crops because we grow so much barley in Alberta, right? Like this is barley central here. Good point. So and, all, all and the more wheat as well. That's right, barley and wheat. So I'm sure some of that eventually ends up uh, out in Eastern Canada as well, but I did have some statistics for you because I know you guys like statistics and, and research. So I did dig into a little bit about what we do in Alberta when it comes to beer consumption. Mm-hmm. But uh, the craft breweries themselves, I didn't realize there's actually more than I thought, but the the market share for craft breweries in Alberta is about 10%, which is pretty good. We already talked about some of the the uh, the big breweries of the Molson Coors of the right. world that are just, you know, they just churn out beer, but there's not a lot of... Uh, thought or effort that really goes into making it a premium taste mm-hmm. right but 10 percent is pretty good and we've got over 120 craft breweries in alberta which is really great and if you guys ever come to alberta and uh, make your a trip through all these little towns almost every little town has one which is really neat mm-hmm. and they usually have a restaurant or something associated with it as well so that's really cool so what and- begs one the question then I'm, I'm sure that there's a craft brewery up in fort saskatchewan where you are but you've pulled one all the way from calgary there there actually isn't which is which wow. is odd Robert. There there's a go. distillery i believe that the distillery that that's here they make some sort of uh i think it's a vodka of some sort but there's no craft brewery so maybe someday maybe i'll uh that'll be a calling for me to to get into that but i also wanted to let you know what's really interesting is how many how much we drink in alberta uh the amount of beer and i thought this was an interesting stat uh 2.5 million hectoliters so I believe a hectoliter is a hundred, be a hundred liters for one hectoliter. So add mm-hmm. two zeros to that. And that's our annual consumption of beer in Alberta. So it's a pretty big market. That's a lot of beer. Yeah. There's about 3 million, roughly, uh, you know, uh, people over 18, the legal age in Alberta. So that's a, that's a lot of beer consumed here. I mean, that's just the, yeah, that's the, the average would be, would be huge. So we do like our, our pints for sure here. And hopefully we'll like pews a little bit more here. as as we get over this crazy virus they go together no i was and i was going to ask you that do you find that there's uh, a craft beer movement but but more along the lines of feeding into the catholic or christian fellowship Uh, for us one of the the things that started our podcast was we used to get together as a a group of guys around the table and we called ourselves the pint uh, the pint the pipe and the cross after gk chesterton's little quote uh, do you find that having this craft beer culture has been helping as well with the, the fraternal Catholic men? You know, I think that that's to be announced, you know, just in the last year and a half, like you guys know in Ontario for sure, it's, it's been, we've just been in neutral when it comes to spirituality and our parish life, the church life. It's just been really stagnant right now because of this virus, right? Um, I would say that uh, there is an interesting community that's built around craft beer in Alberta. I think that Catholics, for sure, we should be able to latch on to this. There are a few small groups that get together, uh, some, some married couples that I know around the Edmonton area that get together uh, over um, a beverage of some sort, and then they talk about a favorite saint, and then they just sort of have a, a community building kind of gathering, and that was uh, happening before this whole virus thing kicked in, but you know, it was still, I think there was still some, uh, at least some virtual meetings uh, of some sort, even during the virus as well. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to think that this is a great anchor. I mean, especially for men, I think that 
mm-hmm. there's really not enough things for Catholic men to get together. It's great to hear that you guys have something. And, and uh, I've talked to some other people in different parts of Canada that have a men's group and they, they kind of have a foundation saying, okay, either, you know, we go out maybe to a pub of some sort and have a, a few drinks there. Maybe they might only be 10 guys, but that's, that's fine. That's, that's what you need. Even just a small group of men or even just bringing them to church and having an hour of adoration or a Bible study of some sort. And I think that as we, you know, I don't want to say go back to normal because who knows what that's going to look like. Right. But as we kind of come out of this, this virus and this pandemic, that's a real focus. I think that we need to pray for the Holy spirit to inspire uh, gentlemen like us and other people as well to say, Lord, what do you want from us to rebuild this community that we're, that we've lost over this pandemic, but also there's so many other issues in the church right now. I think that the, the, uh, the harvest is plentiful for bringing the truth to people and saying, Hey, let's, let's get together. Let's talk about the truth of Jesus Christ and the Catholic church. And let's come together as a community. Uh, it'd be great if it's men, married couples, you know, even young adults and, and youngsters as well. We've, we've got a lot of work to do guys. Yeah. And I don't think it's uh, a mistake or it's, I don't think it's a coincidence rather that communion and community both come from the same root. And when you look at that, actually in French, come uh, as one. So with communion, we come as one with our Lord. And community, we become as one with each other. And I think there really is that opportunity here to to mesh those two together and start with the community aspect of of things uh, and then move towards the communion and that they they can fit together. And this is the part of the uh, program too, David, where we kind of step back, myself and Robert, to borrow a line from Marcus Grote. We, we get out of the way and we just ask you maybe to share a little bit of your, your faith foundation, your, your childhood, you know, what brought you to the point you're at now. Absolutely, guys, for sure. I, I always love telling people that I love being a Catholic and it's been a part of my life uh, even before I was, uh, I even was, um, was born into this world and I do like telling this story about my parents. They, uh, my dad is actually from, uh, from the old country, from Czechoslovakia. That's where he was born. Uh, God rest his soul. He passed away about, uh, about 14 years ago already, but, uh, he, he lived a, a great long life, uh, one full of faith. Uh, and he did like Pilsners as uh, most people from, uh, from that, uh, that neck of, uh, Europe, uh, enjoyed as well. Um, and, uh, and he still, uh, he did enjoy having the odd, the odd beer here and there as well. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he came to, to Canada back, uh, just shortly after world war II, And he was, it was to escape the, the persecution of communism, <laughs> socialism, Marxism. And, uh, even though my mom was born in Saskatchewan, uh, both her parents. So my, my grandparents were born in Czechoslovakia as well. So, uh, yeah, my, the roots of, of my, uh, my heritage are definitely from, that Slavic background, Czechoslovakia, particularly, and now uh, what would be known as Slovakia. Okay. So my uh, my parents, uh, yeah, they it was not an easy time to live out in the prairies, you know, in the fifties and sixties. But uh, you know, they got married. They had six children, so I have uh, six siblings, four sisters, and two brothers. And then I came along a, a lot later. Um, I was uh, my mom was uh, was forty four when she had me. But uh, what I like to tell people and, and why I, um, uh, this is a, a topic I'm, I'm very passionate about is, is life issues and the sanctity and the beauty of life is that uh, the doctor told my, my mom and my dad 
you know, they suggested, would you consider having an abortion? You're already older. You're in your mid forties already. Uh, and I'm, I'm so thankful, you know, even though I wasn't on, <laughs> wasn't in front of people to look at yet, I was, I was conceived. I was in the womb. I was loved by two Catholic parents that, uh, that loved life. And they never even gave it a second thought. They're like, no, like that's absurd. We would never abort our child. Thanks. So, thanks be to God that they yeah. love life and they, they felt that calling from God and yeah. you know, knowing that the great gift that David would be to the world even like you said, while you were still in the womb. Yes. Yeah. So it's, uh, so that was beautiful. And then, and then fast forward uh, almost 40 years later, I guess, 37, 38 years later, uh, we found out that our, our fourth child, my wife and I, Teresa and I, we were going to have a baby that was going to have down syndrome. And one of the first things that the, the doctors and nurses asked us is if we would like to have an abortion again, very appalling. It was hard for me to accept that kind of question coming from medical professionals, but I guess that's, these are the roots of secularism and of evil in this world. Right. And of course we chose life. We have Emily. She's beautiful. She's two. She's uh, an amazing gift to our family. And uh, so, yeah, I, I always say that, you know, the, the seeds of faith were planted uh, before I was uh, even born. And it goes to show the legacy of faith and why it's so important for all of us to, to share our faith, to grow in our faith, and to defend it and then to, to give it not only to our kids and our grandkids, but to our neighbors and our friends, because, uh, you know, there's, there's lives on the line here too. Right. And, and, uh, God desires eternal life for us first and foremost, but you know, life is such a gift guys. And so that's kind of always been the anchor of, of my, um, my spiritual life and my journey with Christ. I've a cradle Catholic, my mom and dad kind of taught me on the, the Baltimore catechism you know, back in the eighties and it wasn't quite as popular then, but uh, that's what I learned. I got all the, you know, the illustrations, the stories, the, the questions that uh, they were very basic, but they were, um, they painted such a great visual in my head of what the Catholic church was, what was faith like, you know, something like the creed, the, our fathers, it, the, um, the photos all meant something to me. It, it really connected with me and, and it made me love my faith a lot. And, uh, you know, throughout, uh, through high school, I think like a lot of us, I think I never stopped going to mass on Sundays. Um, but, um, you know, it took me a few years just to really make the faith my own, but once it became my own and I made that decision and sometimes you make mistakes and you, you know, you commit some sins, you step away from that relationship with Christ, but having confession and the Eucharist and just living that sacramental life, it's just, it's so amazing. It's so important that we do it all the time. And, uh, it's something that I kind of grasped onto when I was very young. And I'm just, uh, yeah, just so thankful for those seeds of faith that uh, were planted in me from my, my parents and then from their parents before that. And it just, uh, you know, the, yeah, the legacy of faith just keeps on rolling forward. Right. And that's what I planted to do for my kids as well. So, and this is all taking place as you grew up in this, you know, Catholic family in Saskatchewan. And then how do you make your, make your way to the neighboring province of uh, Alberta? Is that after yes. university or, or after high school or. So I was born in Alberta, actually in Westlock, uh, Dennis. So, okay. um, at Immaculata hospital, it was, uh, sometimes I mentioned that this hospital was actually a lot of nuns were there and people think, wait, how old were you? Like, are you like a hundred years old now or something? <laughs> it's like, no, you know, it's 1981, you know, we're really not Still that nuns, far away yeah. guys from, you know, having a real heavy influence of Catholicism in both education and healthcare in Canada. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I was born at Immaculata Hospital. Unfortunately, it no longer stands there now, but 
Uh, that's where I was born. So yeah, my, my parents, when they got married, they spent a little bit of time in Saskatchewan, but I believe all my siblings, with the exception of one, were all born in the, the Westlock, Alberta area, which is uh, a farming community about, uh, about 45 minutes north of Edmonton. So, okay. yeah, yeah so I've been, yeah, so I've been Al- Alberta boy all the way and uh, yeah, I've been, been here my whole life. So yeah, it's, it's been great. And then Alberta is such a great uh, province of opportunity too. And the church has been heavily influential in this province, even before it became a province in 1905. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though the church has a lot of ups and downs, as we know, in Canada and, and even here on the, the prairies, um, you know, the faith runs deep with a lot of people here. So you're sharing that story about being born at the Immaculata Hospital with the nuns. My mother-in-law worked at St. Joseph's Hospital in London, Ontario, which was one of the major hospitals down near the university. And she tells stories that it was also run by the nuns until the mid-80s or so. Uh, And then it was in the mid to late 90s, they actually ended up closing the hospital and amalgamating it with the the other secular hospitals within the city of London. But you're right, it's only a generation or two ago where the Catholic faith played major roles, both in education and healthcare across our our country. And I think we tend to forget all of the wonderful things that the Catholic church has provided for society, really the foundation, again, education and healthcare. And I know Dennis himself as well, growing up, going to St. Michael's school in Toronto as well. And I was born at St. St. Joe's in Toronto, not the one in London. Again, sisters of St. Joseph, like you say, Robert and David, all religious really ran most of the hospitals until the secular, you know, government moved into them. They were run by religious for the most part. And we've seen that, that influence, right. As, as Catholicism is, has decreased in, in, especially in those areas of education and healthcare, we've seen our society become more and more secular. And uh, you know, what we're seeing today, guys, I mean, it's, uh, it's really discouraging to see that, that we've gone so far away from the faith, so far away from the church the point now where you know the catholic church is looked at as a, as a as an enemy by so many in our country it's very sad to see mm-hmm. and Absolutely. i think it's incumbent upon those of us that are starting to reach out in i guess mass media or, or even podcasts now are almost mainstream media in, in a lot of ways because it's to the podcast that a lot of people are turning it is incumbent upon us and our calling to step up and pronounce the faith and teach the faith in a way that is loving and charitable, but also clear and succinct. Absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, to that point, Robert, that was sort of my next uh, turning point for me in my, my high school life, I guess I was about 16 and I went to a, uh, a youth conference, a weekend youth conference. And again, just, just the basics of the faith that came alive to me you know, even as my parents taught me, but to hear it from other people as well, sometimes outside of our families, right? You know, we've got all kinds of uh, histories with our siblings sometimes or other members of our family. And if they, sometimes if they share their faith with us or we share it with them, sometimes there's, yeah, sometimes it, people put up walls, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, which is unfortunate. Not all the time, obviously the best influences we have are, are our family for sure. But sometimes it's nice to hear it from somebody else that you really don't know that well. And uh, when I was 16, I went to this, uh, this youth conference and I, and I did enjoy going. It wasn't like my, my favorite thing to do in the world, but there was this youth conference available to go to a Catholic when I went to it. And it was in a, a town of Bradway, Alberta, that used to have a, a small Bible school. It was kind of a one-year program. You'd go in there, they'd give you a diploma of some sort, but it was really good. It was, uh, they'd bring in different speakers, but mostly a lot of priests, 
would come in and they'd give uh, a one week sort of teaching on a, on a specific topic and it would be a kind of a September to May type program. So it was the Bible school students at the end of their year, they would put on some conferences and, and do different things, basically sharing what they had learned in their faith with others, which was, which was really great. They're all, you know, young adults. And, and one of the speakers there, fellows, he gave this incredible talk on John six. Mm-hmm. And as we know, that was the, uh, the where, Eucharistic where discourse. Talking. Yeah. So if we, if we really want to understand the Eucharist and, and how important it is to Jesus Christ, we've really got to read that, that chapter. And uh, so it was a 15 minute talk. It wasn't very long, but it was amazing. I was, I guess I was 16 and it just, I'd always believed the Eucharist was the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. Cause that's what I was taught, but to hear it from somebody else, especially a young person that was in their, their early twenties, it was uh, it had a profound impact on me, especially the part where he said, you know, this, here's the teaching you read, read the entire chapter. And I was like, that's interesting. And they got to the point where he was he's saying, you know, Jesus was willing to let people leave over this this teaching. Right. And I mm-hmm. thought, wow, that's interesting. I remember going back home that day and actually broke open the Bible. I looked at that verse. And I said, He's right. That's, that meant that much to Jesus. And I remember asking some other people, even my parents, I said, did Jesus ever kind of issue that ultimatum to anybody else or any other teaching and uh, couldn't find it. And I was like, this, this must be, this is important. Right. And yep. uh, so at that time it was good. Cause I had a lot of a lot of our separated Protestant brothers and sisters who have really good hearts, good things going on at some of their congregations and their, their, their places of, of worship. But uh, I was starting to get some questions asking, well, why are you Catholic? Right. And, and all of a sudden I had this, this, uh, this nugget, this gold nugget of information. And I remember, you know, just having discussions and I thought, Oh, maybe I'll bring this up and see what they think of this. Cause they have these communion services or whatever. Right. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then they said, well, that's just a symbol. And, uh, I was like, oh, oh, really? I said, oh, I, you know, I went to this conference a little while ago, and this is what I learned, and I just lay it out just like it was laid out to me. And, you know, chins just dropped to the floor. It's like, now what? Never read that before. What does that even mean, right? And I said, boy, I said, it sounds like it was pretty important to Jesus. And I, I said, it's important to me as a Catholic, too. And I said, I remember telling one person, I pray that it's going to be just as important to you as it is to me. And you'll see that the Eucharist is really the source and the summit of the Catholic life. And um, yeah, it was great. And all of a sudden, I, that was also the moment where I said, you know what? The Catholic Church is complicated. There's a lot of theology. There's philosophy. There's these great saints. A lot of the things they talk about uh, kind of over my head. But when it comes to the core teaching of the church, if I can fire off an answer to these guys uh, that are challenging me my faith and there's no answer coming back, surely this is the, the church that Jesus founded and I'm, I'm in the right place right now. You know, having, having said that though, David, I, I was reading a recent study and I think it's now 70% of Catholics believe that the communion is just a symbol or something ridiculous. And I, I couldn't believe that. I thought that was a starting, like you say, it's a big, it's a starting point for every Catholic. Is it not? I couldn't believe that that number was so high. You know what? And Dennis, that, that is the, it's really, I, I think I've heard, other speakers call it scandalous and it really is, yeah. you know, right in the catechism of the Catholic church, it says that the Eucharist is the source and the summit of the Christian life. So, you know, everything we do really revolves around our Eucharistic Lord, everything. And uh, if, if our own brothers and sisters in the church, our own baptized, they don't understand that. Yeah. We've got some, some big, big problems. Right. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a little scary for sure. And I think that number that you gave to Dennis, uh, I think it takes into account the people that are actually coming to church 
So they do come every Sunday, but they, they don't even believe in what they're receiving at the end. Right. Right. Makes you wonder, you know, what are their motives to come? I mean, obviously the Holy Spirit must be drawing them in somehow through their baptismal grace and confirmation. But, um, you see that there's a lot of, sometimes there can be some real erroneous things that are happening in the church and you wonder, well, what's the, what are the roots of that? Where does that come from? Uh, we're seeing, you know, a lot of different ideas and it's like, well, you know, are we really living our lives in a state of grace? Do we really believe the power of confession? And uh, Lake St. Augustine says, you know, sin darkens the intellect. And it's really true. If we're not living a life, a sacramental life in a state of grace, going to confession often and receiving the Eucharist worthily uh, and, and discerning it the way we're supposed to, the way St. Paul told the, everybody that we needed to, uh, you know, it uh, Catholics are certainly not immune from putting forth some absolutely bizarre ideas and, uh, and starting to believe them. Right. Yeah. And, and for myself, all of that comes back to almost, we've, we've lost a sense of the sacred. Right. And you're just talking about all these, these different things that have, you know, percolated into the mass. And there is that, that lost sense of sacredness. And I think we've been hit doubly hard over the last year with churches being shut down with, you know, people doing at best a live stream in the living room at sometimes Sunday in their pajamas. Uh, there really has grown a, a liturgical laziness uh, out of all of this. And I think that leads into like what Dennis, the, the number that Dennis brought out from the Pew survey, 70% of church going Catholics no longer believe in the real presence. Again, I think that's where it's important for those that are in that 30% to be the ones that are sharing the, the mystic wisdom and that love of the real presence in the Eucharist to help others come to a deeper and fuller understanding of, of the Eucharist and of our faith in all its facets. I hope we've learned some lessons from this as Catholics, not having access to the sacraments the way we used to. In Ontario, you, you guys had it a lot worse than we did. Right. Uh, almost the entire time we could we could have mass, public mass. There was maybe a few weeks where we didn't have it. It certainly wasn't ideal, but we could still have confessions. And we were, that's why we we're so blessed to have our, our two parish priests, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Father Chris and Father Dan. I'm just going to say their names because they, you know, it means a lot to me and to our family and to a lot of parishioners um, that they were always available. You just send them a, a text or call the office and, and they would drop everything. They just knew that they said, yeah, like this is a time that we need our parishioners to be living in a state of grace. And they, they did that so well for us. But, um, you know, Robert, we talked about that on, on the podcast United just a, a little while ago and, and how we present ourselves and, and having that reverence and, and how we, um, if somebody was to visit our parish, you know, rank and file parish, whether it's in Ontario or Alberta, and they, they come just to visit. And if they were there and sitting, okay, so they sit through the, you know, the opening prayers, the blessing, you know, then we get to the readings, the gospel, the homily. Um, okay. You know, if somebody from the outside was looking in and saying, well, this sounds similar to what we would see maybe at a, at another congregation or a Protestant congregation of some sort, get to the liturgy, there's prayers. We know what they mean. We know how important they are, but somebody from the outside looking in might not see that. But at the end, when we're receiving communion, when we're receiving the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, you know, the, the God of the universe, if we're going up there with the disposition of, you know, whether that's how we're, we're dressed, our mannerisms, even how we receive our Lord, that's a big 
I guess it'd be a big red flag if there's yeah. a, a disposition that we're bringing that's, uh, you know, somebody's looking at it saying, well, you know, okay, I heard that this is supposed to be the body of Jesus Christ. And yet people are going up there receiving it. Like it's, it's like, it's like an entitlement of some sort, or you're, you're receiving just a, just another piece of food. So, you know, I think that there's, um, it starts with our own souls and our hearts and how we, how we present ourselves, how active we are during mass and how we receive, we, we do need to be an example. Not only, like you said, there's that, that 70%. And maybe if they see something different from us, you know, whether we, how we receive or just how we live our lives around the parish and the community, you know, we could just pray that we can be an example and a beacon of light to, to help bring the Eucharist and the sacraments to become more alive to people. The kind of the pandemic has been upon us now for about a year and a half. You know, Dennis and I started up the Pints in the Pews about halfway through this, this past Lent. You started, I was just scrolling back through your, your previous episodes. You started up the Catholic Canuck, was last September, September 2020? Yeah, that's right. It was like uh, mid-September. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's hard to believe that time Less is flying. Summer's flying too, right? But uh, yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, time flies. You know, it's like, right, it's... Uh, you start getting involved with uh, with some sort of an apostolate, and then you look back in the rear view and say, "Man, a lot of time has gone by here already." First of all, what 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 was the genesis behind it, and and why the name too? Uh, the interesting name that you chose for it, uh, David, the Catholic Canuck. Well, it's a great question, Des. You know what? A lot of I've had a lot of different responses and questions about that. It, it does have anything to do with the Vancouver Canucks hockey yeah. team. When somebody asked me that, that was pretty funny. I thought it was uh, Johnny Canuck, the old World War II Johnny Canadian Canuck. superhero type thing. Uh, you borrowed from that, but maybe that's not. right. No, you know what? My my name is. Uh, I mean, I like to say, God bless my my grandparents and parents, forefathers. Uh, but uh, you know, the David Scubin show didn't really have a lot of. Uh, <laughs> there wasn't like that hook in there. You know, it's like ah. And uh, I also didn't. Uh, you know, on a serious note, I, I didn't want to make it about myself. I. You know, I, I consider myself very small in this this great world that we have and, and the big world. But yeah, the Catholic Canuck is more just a uh, just kind of a catchy name to to make people remember uh, what what the podcast was that they just heard, so they could potentially come back for more. But uh, but yeah, Dennis, I, I guess I was thinking about this for you know a couple of years for sure, and, and it started with just you know I think we all sort of have those metanoia moments. A lot of, and it's sometimes it's not like a huge, huge one, but there's a series of little ones that you, you know, maybe the secular world would call it the red pill moment. And uh, I think there's a lot of Catholic red pills that go around as well, but it was something that I'd probably thought about. Yeah. Like probably about maybe two or three years ago. And again, I think that, uh, you know, there's certain fears that come over you and, and whatever you're doing, especially if it's going to be something that's good. And, um, you know, the devil put a lot of doubts in my mind, not just about, getting involved with, you know, maybe potentially putting a podcast together, but even just living a spiritual life. I think all of us as, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ, we all can relate to that. And uh, you put these, these fears in your head and you just keep pushing things back, pushing things back when you know you should be doing them. I mean, that's the Lord starts opening doors and you, you know, you got to start walking through some of them and, and uh, you kind of purposely say, Oh, you know, I'll just, maybe I'll just keep waiting until that door is a little wider. And, and then it just got to the point where the door was just so wide you know, it's like, you know, you could, you could stumble and, and fall through it. You could try to turn away, go the opposite direction. You'd still go through the door. And, uh, this whole, yeah, I guess this whole pandemic kind of escalated that a little bit to the point where, 
you know, reading the statistics, like you said, Dennis, those statistics, statistics that are very similar to that dramatic loss of faith in our church. And um, knowing that the beauty of the faith was um, planted so deeply in my heart and um, sharing that with others means so much to me and, and sharing with my family and, and uh, hearing stories from other people of how much Jesus has changed our lives. And uh, I think it's so beautiful. You know, it's, I always say it's such a great day to be a Catholic every day. It's just always a good news day. And uh, yeah, there's some stories in the news that come up where you're like, Oh, what's going on with the church. But I talk about being a Catholic. I talk about like belonging to the one true church, the one that Jesus started. Right. And um, that's what I, I just said, you know, I, there's, you get to that point where you're, you just want to share it so badly that you can't contain it anymore. So, you know, thankfully I've got a great wife that's so supportive of this. And my kids kept, my kids actually kept bugging me about it. And they're, they're little still. And they said, daddy, you talk about it all the time. Why don't you just do it, daddy? Like, just, just, you know, you feel God's calling you to do it. You talk about it all the time. When are you just going to do it? And I think my, my oldest son actually said, daddy, you need to have a date and you need to yep. keep yourself accountable. And then I had, uh, my, uh, my nephew, my dear nephew, who's, uh, yeah, he's, he's just a great guy. His name is Kyle. He's actually, it was a guest on one of my first uh, episodes. And he was another guy that said, you need a date. You need to just say, keep yourself accountable. God's calling you to something. Just do it. So I did, I put a date on it and, uh, yeah, it just, it came together. And like I said, I look back now and I was like, I can't believe I, 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 I waited so long. And I think that's just like anything in our lives, right? we know that God's opening a door for us and we know it's good. We discern it. We pray about it. We listen to the Holy spirit prompting us seeing those doors open. And yeah, there's fear from the evil one. The fear, the, the evil one's going to be following us around and putting those little suggestions in our, our ears all the time. But, but yeah, that's why it's so important that we live in that state of grace so that we're open to receive that, uh, that grace from the sacraments and then just taking that step of faith moving forward. So so yeah, Dennis, that's, yeah, I guess it was like that procrastination, a little bit of sloth, you know, now with this, the whole virus, there was a little more time. So I thought, oh, you know, this is, I, I got to do it. I just, I just have to, is getting and to the point I, where I, I guess I, you've, yeah. you've never looked back, uh, David, from the response and from what Robert has certainly shared with me about your podcast. And he's been on a couple of times and I, I think that you're, you've now realized that this is exactly what you were meant to, to do. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely like a still, I call it a labor of love. It's still definitely not a full-time job or anything right. like that, but it's, I call it weekend warrior stuff. Right. But uh, no, I love doing it. And, and the best part is, is meeting, you know, guys like yourselves, these yeah, great brothers of Christ that I can, I can connect with uh, all across Canada and, and around the world. It's been, it's been such a great blessing. I'd say yes to, to God. Uh, you know, he just, he just wants you to give control to him and then he's going to, he'll take you the rest of the way. So. And it's funny, like you say, too, there's just always that hesitation, hesitation, hesitation at the beginning until, you know, someone else holds you accountable. I know when we were starting up too, like uh, Mr. Hesitation there on the other side of the microphone <laughs> and had to, had to pull him in, kicking and screaming. I, I was going to say exactly the same thing. It was certainly Robert's impetus, David. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to. And it's like Robert had, you know, he had his book certainly out. He had his Catholic moment videos and he's like, yeah, I think we should do this. And I'm like, okay, probably down the road, maybe when we retire. And he's like, why not now? And, you know, I, I was just going to say, Dennis, what is one of our favorite words when we see each other? <laughs> now, now, <laughs> yeah. now. You guys, you guys are familiar with like the, the term signal grace, right? I mean, it's, um, you know, these are things that, uh, 
when we, when we have a devotion to our Lord, when we have a devotion to our lady, um, you know, these signal graces come up and that was the other thing that, that came up and it probably came up for you guys too, is if not now, when, and you see the signs coming up and somebody suggested to me, you know, cause I, I'm not about the numbers, you know, I mean, I'd rather have just one person, you know, just the right person that listens to one thing that I say with one of my guests or, um, you know, something that comes up and then that's even away from the podcast as well. You know, just that, that one person that hears something that has a, a change in heart, a change in their soul, you know, that's, that's really what it's about, right? It's, it's that one soul, just like the Lord, our Lord said, you know, he'd come back for one, for, for one person. That's how much he loves us, right? He'd come back. If we were the only person in the entire earth, he'd come back and he'd go through his agony, his passion, his death, just to save one person. So uh, how much more is he just asking for us to be that example, to be open to grace and then to, to being that example of, of his love to other people, just having that, those opportunities and praying for him. And I, I call them signal graces because yeah, I, I, even just hearing from people that say they heard something that I talked about or, uh, or a certain guest that really touched their heart with something they said, I said, you know, this is what it's all about. It's just being open to that grace and then passing along to others. Right. Following up on that, David, how do you decide, um, you know, the guests that you're going to get on and, uh, you know, um, you've had such a wide range. I know I listened to one podcast with, I believe, Al Smith about Bishop, Bishop Sheehan today, I think is his, is his website. And uh, I mean, it was a great podcast, but you seem to kind of have an eclectic group coming on to your show. How do you decide who gets on? And do you have anybody in the future that you'd like to get on or anybody you think, hey, I'd, I'd really like to get that person on, but I don't know if they come on or how do you go about getting think, them on to the Dennis Catholic Dennis is looking for an invitation here. No, no. He, he's got one. He's got one. <laughs> I'll call the Pope, Dennis. If he can't make it, I'll get well, you. Well, we were thinking of his eminence here, but now that uh, I realize uh, Cardinal Collins had started off as a bishop in Edmonton, you might have a little bit more sway or power to get him on your show first, but go on, David. Sorry. Yeah, and, and I was just going to say, before you kind of get into how you you find your guests outside of, you know, people saying, hey, I've listened to your podcast and I did a I did a binge listen on that. And here's what I do kind of almost begging themselves onto your show. And I'll put my hand up for, for that. We've had that a couple of times with, with myself and Robert, a few people, you know, offering there to be on the show, but yeah, but that, that's how I introduced myself to David as well. Oh, is that- in, the first, in the first place. Right? I loved it, Robert. Hey, I was a step in faith. You just introduced yourself to me. That was great. I, you know, and I, it's funny guys, I consider myself someone that I'd like to think that I'm, I'm fairly well plugged into the, you know, the Catholic world, the Catholic faith, and especially North America, but I'm starting to meet people and hear from people that have these great little ministries and apostles that I I didn't know who they were before. And I probably would have never done so if, if this podcast didn't start. So that's why it's been such a blessing, you know, like, uh, you know, Robert, for example, I I don't know if I, you know, maybe I eventually would have stumbled on one of your videos or something like that. But, uh, you know, you being out in the Toronto area, me being in Alberta, I just, I didn't know that what you're up to. And, and Dennis, that's the other thing about what you're, you're up to. I mean, if it wasn't for the podcast, we probably wouldn't have met. So no. that's yeah. why this is a blessing. And I always say, you know, I, don't, I hate going back to signal graces. I shouldn't say hate, but I love going back to signal graces actually, because I think it's great. You know, these are, these are little things that the, the Lord gives to us to say, Hey, this is, you know, I'm introducing you to new people. Cause I, I love you so much. I want, I want you to see your, your greater extended family. Right. When it comes to guests, you know, I, I always look at every podcast as a, every episode as, as a gift. They said it's I'm I'm busy with my my secular job and I've got a, a family that I I need to spend time with and to uh, to love and to help them grow in their faith my wife and my kids 
Um, and then also my, my extended family to spend time with them too. So those are, you know, it's, it's important to prioritize, right? So I, I mean, as much as I'd love to do an episode every day, I just can't quite get there. But um, yeah, when it comes to guests, I just, you know, if, if you're, if you have a desire to, to love Jesus, you're, you're a Catholic, that's, that's in love with the Lord that lives a sacramental life. You've got a great message. I don't care really what it is, but if you're checking those boxes of, of being a passionate Catholic and, and like I said, living a life in a state of grace, you've, you've got a great story that we can share with the Catholic world. And, uh, you know, even though a lot of our listeners on my particular podcast are from Alberta and Canada, we do have listeners from a lot of listeners from the United States, which was really surprising to me. And even a lot from Europe as well. So it just kind of goes to show that it's, uh, we're such a universal faith, the universal church. So you can even talk about issues that might be a little more specific to Alberta or to Canada, but, uh, a lot of the, the issues and the hurdles that we need to clear, it's, uh, it's something that the, the entire church needs to clear too. And we can all journey together in faith, but, uh, yeah, when it comes to guests, you know, sometimes it's kind of a mix of who I've been in touch with because I do have, you know, it's like I said, I've been introduced to so many people. It's been great. And then sometimes it's just the current events, what's happening in the world, you know, things right now, especially they're happening so fast. Right. And uh, there's, there's some voices out that I, I'd love to, to introduce to, to the audience that, that I have and, um, and just kind of get their, their, their voice and their message out to the rest of the church. And if I could help facilitate that in some way, I'd like to do that. And, and you always uh, have guests, uh, David, or do you often just do the show alone as well? Yeah, not all the time. Yeah. And originally when I was thinking about the podcast, Dennis, I thought I would just kind of do it solo, but then I was like, man, like Dave, what, who's getting who, man? Like, you know, you're not that interesting. Right. So that's why I said, you were like, can you just, uh, you know, rattle stuff off for an hour and just talk. It's like, no, that's, that's not really that good of an idea. So if I don't have a guest, Dennis, usually what I do is I, um, I try to find a topic and then try to uh, tie it in with a saint, because I think that saint stories, you know, even just for young people and, and even young adults, we just don't know a lot about saints. I know that I didn't know a lot about saints. You know, you kind of hear names, but you didn't really know their, their lives and, and uh, the significance of what they were doing and uh, the, the extreme virtue, the, the beautiful lives that they led that can be such an example yeah. to us right now. It seems that, you know, we, we, we have these benchmarks of how to live our lives and how to get to heaven, but we don't use them very often, these great resources. So I try to tie in a topic with a, the story of a saint to introduce people to that. Uh, St. Charles Borromeo being one, I just love him, um, especially because of what he did during the time of, uh, of a real pandemic in right. Milan, Italy, and, and just the amazing work that he did there. St. John of the Cross, uh, you know, the saint of detachment was another one that I, that I covered a little bit. And, and uh, we had some, uh, yeah, just some, some really good feedback on hearing from saints and, and some of their lives. So that's yeah, sort of a combination of both. And uh, I would say just being open to the Holy Spirit, I said, you know, whoever the guest is, they're going to, the Lord's going to provide the, the avenue to get there. So uh, I'm always open to, uh, to hearing from anyone, really, if they want to come on. Like I said, if you've made all those criteria, I'd love to have you come and chat. So Excellent. Love the saints, too. Yeah. With your, ahead, your growing network within the, the Catholic world and the Catholic community, what are one or two things that you've learned about the Catholic community, whether it's just in Alberta, across Canada, or around the world? What are one or two things of the, the Catholic community that you've come to learn since you started the podcast? I think that a lot of our issues are very, very similar. Uh, you know, the loss of faith is not just a Canadian problem or an American problem. We saw that announcement here a few weeks ago of, of how, uh, how badly the church is hemorrhaging numbers in Germany. You know, there's, 
there's certainly areas of growth in our church, but there's, uh, you know, and when it comes to numbers and especially in a lot of Western countries, it, it, we have the same issues, the same problems, this, this lack of faith. Uh, it's, it can be a little scary when you see these numbers and you know, it really opens your eyes. But the, I think the great thing is it's given me a lot of hope is meeting folks like yourself, Dennis and Robert and, and seeing, meeting people from the U S and, and other places that we have the same, the same hurdles and the same issues, but it's really cool to see so many people anchoring themselves on the life of Jesus Christ and, and the sacraments. And uh, we, we know the answer now. It's just, how do we get that good news? Uh, not only to the entire world, but especially to our fallen away Catholics. I really think that's sort of our first focus to be honest with you is, is our, our fallen away, our lapsed Catholics. And, you know, we see that in the political realm now where we have the two leaders of the United States and Canada, they're, they're for all intents and purposes are lapsed Catholics. And like Pope Pius V said, you know, we said that um, all the problems in the world are due to lukewarm Catholics. And he said that hundreds of years ago, but those words, they ring true right now. And, And at the end of the day, I don't want to be one of those guys. I don't want to be one of those Catholics. And also makes you think and wonder if all of those Catholics out there truly live the faith live the faith as it's supposed to be lived, we wouldn't have the church in the dire straits that it's in today as well. Because when you look at all of the scandals, at least the scandals that I've grown to to see within the church, uh, a lot of it has to do with people not living the faith, with people within the church, laity and clergy alike, not living the faith as we're called to, to live it. And so as you've developed this network and you've gotten to know these people around the world and seen the issues around the world, how has the podcast then helped David Scubin's faith? I think it's through journeying with others that we can learn so much more about just our own interior life and where we're heading, right? And I know I've learned so much from, from um, having this larger network of, of folks, uh, Robert, like yourself, you know, your videos, you guys have a podcast now. These are all great resources that we can all draw and learn from, right? And uh, there's there's so many great voices in the church that really help us, help me on, on my journey. The other nice thing is that I found that in order to do uh, any kind of anything uh, media related, whether that's a podcast or a video like you do, Robert, you do the public speaking thing too, which is outstanding. You know, you need to spend time in prayer. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know I've been praying more, um, you know, uh, just really contemplating and discerning and, and asking the Lord a lot of questions uh, and, and listening to, to hear what his, his answers are in this. You know, and usually my question is like, Lord, where, where do you want me to go with this? You know, what, what is your will for me? What is your will for this podcast this month or this week? Or what kind of questions should I ask? I know they sound very simple, but I think that's the kind of relationship we need to have with, with God is, is, um, is such a personal relationship where you're asking just some real simple questions, but then you're listening to hear what those answers are. So I think that that's been the, the big thing for me is, and, and of course, just researching um, what some of the guests do and, and what their message is. Um, and then talking about the lives of the saints. I, I've learned so much about the saints that I can put into my, my daily life too. So um, yeah, it's, it's um, there's several items, I guess, that have really influenced me and helped me grow in my faith. And uh you know, as you take it as sort of a, this big picture, it's been, um, it's just been a, an, an incredible adventure and that adventure in, in life is an adventure that, uh, that God wants for all of us, but we just gotta, 
walk through those doors and, and those opportunities when they open for us. As we wrap up, uh, I'm thinking of the, the way you wrap up e each and every episode of the, the Catholic Canuck podcast with uh, your clarion call to a sacramental life, uh, especially with, the, with regards to the sacrament of confession. I know I was floored to learn uh, a number of years ago that we're really only obliged to get to the sacrament of confession once a year. Once a year. And whenever I talk to people about the sacrament of confession, I treat it, you know, it's, it's like a, a shower for your soul. You know, so how often do you shower your physical body? You know, knowing that most people it's pretty much daily. Well, then how often do you shower your soul? How often do you cleanse your soul you know, once a year? Well, which one of those two is going to live on in eternity? So which one should we be taking better care of? Right? But I, I love your clarion call that we need to get to confession at least three times a year. Advent, Lent, and whenever you're in a state of mortal sin. And I think that that's beautiful. So you know, how do you envision the Catholic connect, not only just with that clearing call, but hopefully calling others to a, a sacramental life? Yeah. And I think that, you know, the, the church, um, yeah, that's sort of, it's like anything, it's sort of the bare bones minimum, right. Of, of what the expectation is to be a Catholic is you got to go once a year. And, and I think when they, they came up with that, uh, you know, the world was a lot different. I don't know, when, when did that come out guys? I don't know, probably several hundred years ago, probably. Right. <laughs> um, you know, and, but then I, you know, I think of, of, um, you know, some of the, the messages from saints and even our lady saying that, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, sin displeases our Lord so much. And some of these messages were coming from, you know, the 17th, 18th, 19th, 19th century, like a long time ago. And that makes you wonder, it's like, what exactly were people doing back then that they were living such sinful lives, right? <laughs> like what? <laughs> You know, we, we just, guys, there's just so many potholes. There's so many snares for us in this world, this digital age where, um, you know, uh, occasions of sin could be, you know, for something like something like alcohol or, or some sort of substance abuse. You know, you can probably dial somebody right now and have it delivered to you right away. Something like pornography, it's been a, a scourge for, for this entire world. And so many people stumble into this, especially men. Uh, it's It's available in seconds. It's not something that you really need to, spend a lot of time searching out. Yeah. It's just living in, in the state of grace. It, it, we can't, we can't afford not to, you know, this is a, a question of eternity. And, and I, you know, like I said, Robert and Dennis earlier, it's uh, there's so much emphasis too on, 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 you know, clean pews and clean churches. And that's, that's great. But, you know, we, we've got to, we have to have more emphasis on a clean soul, you know, and, um, you know, I miss the, the smell of incense uh, and I'm never going to miss the smell of IPA. <laughs> Isopropyl alcohol, night, uh, not IPA brews, but not yeah, yeah. No, no, not that that's, that's fine. But the smell of hand sanitizer um, versus the smell of incense. Uh, we need to make sure that we're, we're focused on, on our souls. Right. So, you know, Robert, I think that, um, yeah, if there's just one thing, and I'm glad that you mentioned that, I'm glad that that little, that little catchphrase kind of caught on with you. That's what I want. Um, you know, if we're, if we're always living with, with Christ and, and then that, that state of grace, confessing our sins, and maybe you don't have a mortal sin on your, your heart or your soul. Uh, congratulations. If you don't, that's awesome. If you're not, but even those venial sins, we know that we can go to confession and confess them. And, uh, and if you receive a worthy communion, you can have those venial sins wiped away as well, which is just uh, such a beautiful gift for our church. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, uh, being a Catholic and, and living with Jesus, it's an everyday thing. It's an everyday 
choice that we need to make. And uh, if we're living in that state of grace and walking in a right relationship with God, it's going to have amazing fruits that are going to come from it, whether it's with our, our wives or our, our, our husbands, with our children, with our coworkers, with our teammates. Um, the fruits of, of that relationship of us having those seeds of faith and walking with the Lord in the state of grace on an everyday basis, that's what's going to change the world. That's how we're going to be a beacon of light to others. And we're going to burn, burn with love for Jesus Christ and the world just won't be able to, they, they can't unnotice it once it starts happening. So yeah, that's, that's my prayer for, for the listeners and for, um, for this network that, uh, that I've been introduced to. And I think that, uh, it's great to see that a lot of people are on the same page for sure. And on, uh, amen to that. As always, when we're on the, the Catholic Canuck, the, the time just flies right by. Flew by. Yep. It's been great catching up with you again, David. We have to do this maybe a little bit more often. Uh, don't necessarily even have to hit record, but just getting a chance to, to chat with other gentlemen, other men in Christ, brothers in Christ, as you say, uh, is fantastic. Um, so we look forward to, to having you hopefully on the show again one time. We look forward to uh, being hosted and being on the other side of the microphone with you one day. I, I'd love, I'd love that guys for sure. And no, I, I, I thank you so much for inviting me to, to come and chat with you. And you guys have such a great apostolate. It's a, it's a great concept that you have. I'm, I'm really excited for both of you. And uh, yeah, I look forward to, uh, to seeing where this goes for you guys. And yeah, keep praying for my podcast and, and I'll keep praying for yours and let's, let's keep winning souls for Christ. And uh, at the end, when we're in heaven, let's, uh, let's, um, yeah, let's compare notes and just uh, see how great uh, our Lord has been to us and all those uh, signal graces. And we can count them all up and see how, uh, how good the return ended up being. It's been a real pleasure, David. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Well, thank you guys. Yes, always a pleasure, Robert, both the pint and the conversation. But especially the pint. Yeah, but it's always good to talk about the faith, especially this week with uh, David. Very true. Very true. And just before we finish up, perhaps there's just one quick favor we could ask our listeners. If you guys could just take a quick moment and a couple of clicks to follow the Pints and Pews podcast on your favorite platform and give us a review. And while you're at it, give us a like on Facebook and drop us a line. And we'll chat again next week, my friend. God willing. Until then, remember the wise words of G.K. Chesterton. In Catholicism, the pint, the pipe, and the cross can all fit together. God bless.